we're gonna let me put we're going to start recording the show right this second no <laughs> Sick, sick, sick! Here we go. All right, everybody who's in chat or anybody watching from near and beyond, you have sub badges now because your boy's an affiliate. But not only that, we I broke two milestones for myself in the same week. We passed 100 followers and I became affiliate. So check them sub badges, baby. That doesn't come without a reward. But anyway, remember to support your local comic shops because without them, I can't do this. ComicShopLocator.com will help you find them. LocalShop.comic will help you find them. Uh, support movie theaters as they open up, guys. Wear a mask. Uh, you never know who does and does not have a vaccine unless you follow them on Twitter. And in which case, I'm sure you know them very well. So, you know, I, I'll sit next to you too. We can share a popcorn. E3 is coming June 12th to June 15th this year. Last year was a little weird, considering the pandemic and everything. But like last year, everybody's going to be doing their own event whenever they see fit during this month. It's cool just to see people releasing things again as studios get back to work. The first big E3 stream this year is going to the Summer Game Fest kickoff on June 10th, two days prior to the event. But because it's so massive, it's going to be going on into Ubisoft's conference June 12th on that morning. You can catch all of that on Twitch, YouTube, and here's looking at you, Bethesda, because if I don't get Elder Scrolls 6 this year, next year, or the year after that, Todd, I can't buy Skyrim one more time, okay? We're done with that. I've got it on the Switch. I, I didn't even think that would be a thing. So, going into Pride Month, after all that promotion... It's pretty cool to see, you know, June, everybody, all these streamers doing what they do with mental health and keeping each other accompanied, holding each other, not physically, because maybe you still have to wear a mask, but definitely mentally and emotionally. You know, the pride spotlight, we're going we're gonna to take a second to spotlight that because you can't just, you know, shout these masses and have superheroes be cis and straight all the time on screen. We've got heroes like Korra. Korra from the Legend of Korra. Korra was the is sorry, not was. I mean, if it takes place thousands of year ago, uh, thousands of years ago in a galaxy far, far away, but it's not Star Wars. Korra is the Avatar. From the young age, understood that the protection of everyone was hers to meet the challenge of being fair and impartial to all, mastering three elements by the age of seventeen. She always understood what the role of Avatar could bring for her in terms of prosperity, but found it in the first person she disagreed with outside the temples. Mako, being Korra's first boyfriend, we saw her attempts to reach Mako and push Mako away, learning what toxicity these emotion, emotional roller coasters bring to people. By the end of the series, witnessing beautiful relationships all over the four nations, from young to old and everything in between, when she went to, you know, the Northern Water Tribe and she saw the chaos her uncle could bring in the terms of family, Korra felt more alone than ever. She wanted to confide in Mako and Mako betrayed that trust. She demonstrated how far she would go until she was able to rejuvenate that trust 
in Asami Sato by the end of the series. Asami always having demonstrated how far she would go for loved ones, even in Korra's ex-boyfriend Mako. Both girls even dating the guy at some time, unbeknownst to both women. It goes to show that love is love is love is love is love is love is love. And as long as you have trust, you can build something greater with anyone. And this makes Korra our gay pride spotlight of the week. Go watch the whole Avatar series. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. People say it's an American anime. Guys, it was designed in Korea. There's a full Wizard and the Bruiser episode. You can listen about it. And it gives you a lot more faith if you don't, if you're like nationality loyal to your cartoons. I mean, it doesn't matter because adults make them. And even if a child was to make this series, I would watch it. It's freaking beautiful. Katara freezes the rain at some point. If you like Dragon Ball, the powers are wild. It's art. All the martial arts are actually real in that. So it's pretty great. Uh, moving on to the boys actor, Jensen Ackles. Supernatural fame, Jensen Ackles. We get a first look at him as Soldier Boy in the series, The Boys. Soldier Boy is a parody of Captain America and supposedly second-in-command of Payback. He is easily frightened, weak-willed, and the first time you see him, he's having a homosexual relationship with the Homelander. The Homelander, you know, never appeased by his own sexuality, you know, with Mallory in the first season. I think her name was Mallory. And Homelander even proved to have a homosexual relationship in a shapeshifter. It's the craziest thing, man. The boys is going farther and farther, pushing boundaries that not necessarily have to be bloody and violent. We get a quote from one of the writers. When I was a child, I had a crazy impossible dream to provide Jensen Ackles with gainful employment. Dude, we can all give Jensen Ackles a little employment. If you remember him as Red Hood from Under the Red Hood, the Batman movie, it's one of my favorite things ever. It's dark. You have Jensen talking to Batman, similar to how I want him to talk to Homelander in this. I want him to be like, you betrayed my trust. Uh, I'm going to shoot the Joker's brains out. I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't read the boys. But if it's going as easily and smoothly as that show can prove itself to be, then I just want to see what Jensen can do. Again, live action that's not supernatural. Eric Kripke wasn't really my cup of tea by the sixth or seventh freaking season. It's just too much. Uh, moving on to Issa Rae. She's playing Spider-Woman in um, Into the Spider-Verse, the next sequel. It's, uh, what, what was she from? Awkward on HBO Max? No, Insecure, sorry. She joined the sequel to Sony Animation Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse coming out October 7th, 2022. She's going to play Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. But uh, we're not going to deep dive her until that movie comes out. At the end of the show, we're going to have Loki... Because Loki is our only TV news this week. It comes out tonight at 3 in the morning on Disney+. Plus. If you're in the eastern states, uh, eastern time zones, that is, eastern states, you can check all of your listings. But if you're in California, it's going to come out at midnight. Lucky you. You don't have to stay up like I do to be able to do the new show Thursday called Fatal Foils, semicolon, Loki. And we are going to deep dive and spoil the first episode of that as I'm going to watch it. 500 times the hours in the day won't allow me to do that but i'm gonna say maybe 12 or 13 right so uh moving on to rob zombie is uh directing the classic 1964 feature film adaptation of the monsters you know rob zombie the musician 
The guy who made the Twisted Metal soundtrack. The guy who was playable in Twisted Metal 3. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Rob Zombie confirmed on Instagram, quote-unquote, Attention, boils and ghouls. The rumors are true. My next film project will be the one I've been chasing for 20 years. Well, you'd have to, Rob. The Monsters. All right, go back to the quote-unquote. The Monsters. Stay tuned for exciting details as things progress. Rob, you're getting old, my man, but if you want to take on these classic progress uh, projects, you can have all my classics. You want to redo Speed Racer again? I would love to see you do that <laughs> with Twisted Metal in mind. But, uh, man, awesome, man. We got through the beginning news. So we're going to go into comics. I guess this dabbles on the border of comics and news. Dark Horse Comics announced that they have Dark Horse Games coming out, a division of Dark Horse Comics that's going to focus on AAA titles coming to all consoles inspired by all the characters across their IP. Uh, quote unquote saying Dark Horse Games gives us exciting new ways to engage with fans of all kinds on a multitude of platforms. Dude, nuts. I can't wait. If they if they make a Spawn game, especially going into the Spawn trilogy with Todd McFarlane, uh, I don't want to... The first movie is going to be filmed from a paranormal activity, very creepy, where is Spawn sort of thing. I want the game to be... It doesn't have to be first person. It's obviously going to be third person, but like, if you want to give me some point of views of Spawn, you're pissing me off, and have his giant gun... Knock, knock. Busting through government facilities, steel walls... I'll take that. I'll take a first-person point of view from that. That's awesome. So we're going to go into notable number ones. It's the comic preview that we do every single week, starting with Action Lab, Danger Zone, uh, releasing S-Factor number one by Samuel George London, an underappreciated sidekick called Gray Fox, decides to rebrand himself through a new dating reality TV show for superheroes called The S-Factor, where 12 female contestants fight for his affection. Meanwhile, his former superior, Dark Fox, is bewildered as to why he would put himself in such a vulnerable position. Dude, the real-world superhero edition. Jersey Shore Superhero Edition. Come on. No-brainer. Uh, from Aftershock Comics, we get Bunny Mask Number 1 by Paul Tobin. Sealed in a cave before the dawn of man, released by a crazed madman, Bunny Mask walks our world once more. But for what dark purpose does she use her unnatural powers? And what's her connection to B. Foster, a young girl murdered by her father 14 years ago? In order to save his life and his sanity, one man will have to discover the truth of what waits behind the mask. Dude. I love it. Necromancer feel. Metal as fuck. Antarctic Press coming out with Patriotica number one, a three-part series by Ron Zabala, fused with the descendant of the legendary goddess Athena. Scrawny college student Aaron can now become the mighty Patriotica. In the wake of her most recent battle, Patriotica finds herself depowered in a prehistoric world with dinosaurs. How will Aaron and Athena escape, and who is the mysterious yet beautiful arcane check that out patriotica united number one uh archie comic publications is coming out with their 80th anniversary everything archie number one which is if you're not familiar with archie comics it's going to be basically an anthology speaking of anthologies dc pride number one let's get into this as as we are 
So very prideful in the month of June. DC Pride number one by, whew, let's get through these writer name guys. This is, there's a lot of DC Pride number one. Cena Grace, Danny Lore, Vita Ayala, Sam Johns, Mariko Tamaki, sorry, Mariko Tamaki, Nicole Maines, Steve Orlando, Andrew Wheeler, James Tinian the fourth. DC Pride number one is an 80-page anthology featuring LGBTQIA plus characters from across the DC universe and will include cameos by fan-favorite characters such as Batwoman, Renee Montoya, Alan Scott, Midnighter, Apollo, Extraño, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Constantine, and more. If you know anything about the DC universe, you guys, you can probably tell which characters might show up in a big, bad way. And if they don't, that's disjustice. I've seen a preview of the comic already, and I can promise you he is in there. Uh, in brightest day and blackest night, he'll always be there. So, moving on to Dark Horse Comics, Secret Land number one, a four-part series by Christopher Emgard. Hitler is dead. Ben and Catherine are supposed to be together, happy. Instead, Ben fights the war in the Pacific with the reckless heroism of one who believes his fiance killed in action. Yet, Catherine lives. Undercover and about to arrive at the Third Reich's last bastion, something is waiting for her there, for all of them, and it's hungry. Find out what that is in the four-part series by uh, Secret Land number one by Dark Horse Comics. IDW Publishing is also busting out an annual Transformers Annual 2021 by Alex My Milne. Milne? How? I love just certain words, man. Number one. Uh, it's like baloney sometimes. I'm not calling his name baloney, but the spelling of it really makes you remember it. Alex Milne. Dynamite Entertainment coming out with Ren Red Sonha, 1982. Number one, Amy Chu is writing this one. She has a very long, extensive history. I'm talking about Red Sonha, Sonya, however you pronounce it. Um, the character can take place in the present day in medieval times. If you hadn't seen, what was it, Fatal Fanfare number two or three, we talk about a series where the invincible Red Sonya is coming back. And she's taking it all on. I'm sure at some point she's going to save a princess. She's a bad girl herself, man. All of them. All, all bad. Come on. A mysterious killer. Android from the future hunts the legendary mercenary from the past. Meet, pa the past meets magic in a story that takes us where else? Hollywood. Beverly Hills in the City of Angels. And Amy Chu returns to pen this gnarly one and done action-filled issue that will totally take you back to the summer of 1982. In an epic struggle between good and evil, Mohawks and Perms, New Wave and Heavy Metal, Red Sonja 1982. I wasn't a fan of Wonder Woman 1984. Hopefully, if we take a prequel two years back with a different character and a different publisher, we might get something done. I'm not slandering it. Gal Gadot, I love you. I'm not slandering it. I'm just saying. Dynamite Lives, number one. Also by Dynamite Entertainment by Fred Va Van Lente. The hit series returns because you can't kill a never-ending army of zombies. You can only hope to beat the shit out of it. 
After tragically losing their first chosen one against the zombie plague, Vampirella, Miss Fury, and what remains of the project's superpowers look for a new savior. But Ash Williams, from Ash vs. the Evil Dead, is even more reluctant. Dead-eyed hunter than usual. This time, the Army of Darkness has Raygun superpowers and brilliant new general, Evil Sonya. You know, the invincible red Sonya. But an evil one. Who takes her role of Queen of Hell quite seriously. Coming from Heavy Metal Magazine, Swamp God number 1, a six-part series by Ron Mars. At the end of the American Civil War, a ragtag squad of Confederate soldiers calls upon the ultimate evil to save the South. Now the remains of their unit must team with Union soldiers to survive the horrors of the Swamp God. Coming from Image Comics, six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton number 1. This one looks cool, man. The... The cover is wild. Kyle Starks writes this one. The world's most unlikable action star has been found dead, and his previous TV sidekicks are looking to solve the mystery. But how can you catch a murderer when almost everyone hated the victim? Now these sidekicks are going to learn what it means to be the stars of the show. That is, if any of them can survive, the Stuntman War. Ooh, we already got an arc in the preview. That's pretty fantastic. Marvel Comics is coming out with Web of Spider-Man number one, a five-part series by Kevin Shinnick, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Scientist, Troublemaker? Thanks to none other than Tony Stark, a new scientific research station for the teenage heroes of the Marvel Universe has just been completed, and Spider-Man just got an invitation to join. Working alongside some of your favorite faces from the Marvel Universe and a whole bunch of awesome new gadgets, and with Iron Man keeping an eye on the team, surely everything's going to go great for these heroes. Right? Right? Come on, guys. Right? There's no way anything bad can happen. They're superheroes all together. In a room together uh, nothing not even disagreements right damian wayne that's not in the preview that's my second take scout comics is bringing cherry blackbird number one by joseph schmake uh rock star cherry blackbird sold her soul for fame now at the age of 26 time is running short the day she turns 27 she'll be dragged to hell but cherry is not gonna go quietly the devil tasks her with collecting seven demonic souls that have escaped the abyss. If she can do this before her next birthday, she'll be released from her infernal pack and spared eternal damnation. Heaven help anyone who gets in her way. This one's rated R, guys. This, one, this one's pretty graphic. Second Sight Publishing, coming out with Divine Retribution One Shot by Austin Janowski. Christine is a guardian angel who has a millennium of faithful service watching and guiding her human charges. She has also spent the time growing helplessness, quiet frustration, and heartache. After countless years of losing her charges to the growing evil in the world, Christine finally has enough when her latest charge is slaughtered and decides that something has to be done. She breaks the number one rule, no direct contact with humans, regardless of the possible catastrophic consequences. I love the literature in that. That is beautiful. And we did it. That is the peak. That is the end of notable number ones as we go into movies, man. Oh, sick. You know, Pierce Brosnan's back in The Misfits by Avenue Pictures, directed by Rennie Harlan. Pierce Brosnan plays Richard Pace, an international thief that amongst his high-octane escape gets saved and recruited by a group of thieves and modern-day Robin Hoods called the misfits 
It's an exciting heist movie with fast cars, beautiful women, suspenseful close calls, and an international crane shot. International crane shots for days. If you like Fast and Furious and you love those Malibu white beaches, I'm sure Pierce Brosnan's going to give you some 007 style uh, heat. <laughs> Coming out Friday, June 11, 2021 in theaters. It stars Nick Cannon, Jamie Chung, Tim Roth, and, you guessed it, Piers Brosnan. Can't wait. Paramount Pictures is coming out with Infinite, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Mark Wahlberg is back, and he plays Evan McCauley. A man haunted by memories of a past life with skills he's never learned, Mark Wahlberg must work with the Infinites to learn about the past lives he's lived over hundreds of years. That bestows him extraordinary abilities. These abilities come through memory. He must use these memories to gain power and use these powers to save humanity. The actors are Mark Wahlberg, Jason Manzukis, Dylan O'Brien. I'm a huge Jason Manzukis fan. As soon as I read that, I was, I was already there. They had me at Mark Wahlberg. I stayed for Jason Manzukis. He was the voice of Rexplosion in Invincible. He's been in the league. He's uh, Rafi, and he's nuts. He's nuts. A little incesty at points, but... <laughs> he's so fun and if you've seen big mouth you know that his character there is the same character he brings to the screen i'm not gonna say that every single role is its signature that's what we'll say when robin williams played a million different characters and wow that's a big compliment to compare jason manzoukas to robin williams but it's the first one i got because it's so present in my head robin thank you that comes from paramount Pictures, Romulus Entertainment's coming out with Gully, with director Nabil Elderkin, Calvin, Nikki, and Jesse being brought up on the streets of LA, steeped in violence but united by friendship, they must find their escape from their night of partying. I love movies like this, man. 21, uh, 21 and over, I think. Uh, <laughs> but when rampaging ends, retribution begins. Charlie Plummer, Alice Eve, and Jonathan Majors star in Gully. June 8th on Video On Demand and Digital. In the Heights. Oh, man. By visionary Lin-Manuel Miranda. The guy who made Hamilton. He, we had in last week's show, he was uh, the voice of a little capuchin monkey. I can't, I probably like a, what do they call him? A kukachin? And he was with Michael Rooker, and he plays a musical monkey. This man is so multi-talented. And now he's making us a movie where I'm sure, I hope he appears in it at some point. It is uh, set with the scent of Cafecito Caliente in the air just outside of 181st Street Subway Stop. The likable magnetic bodega owner, Usnavi, saves every penny from his daily grind as he hopes, imagines, and sings about a better life. The actors are Anthony Ramos, Corey Hawkins, and Leslie Grace. Coming to HBO Max, June 11th. In the Heights, that is sick. At the end of the movie news, we're gonna say, Cruella's getting a sequel! If anybody saw Cruella, does it deserve it? Because I love Emma Stone. I love when Disney gets dark with it, I love what they do with their reboots moving on to tv again we got loki guys 
coming out tonight on Disney Plus. I'm so freaking excited because every time these Marvel shows come out and they they hear what the fans have to say, they can kind of get a feel of the pacing of these shows a little better, do some last minute cuts because Avengers 1 was literally getting cut as it was still getting released to theaters. They were making last minute changes every five seconds and it's amazing that all these versions don't pop up, but I guess there's just one true version and it's sadly Joss Whedon's or triumphantly Joss Whedon's. I wouldn't say alone Joss Whedon's, but <laughs> I'm very excited to see what comes from Loki tonight. Tom Hiddleston comes back to play the rambunctious Loki. You got uh, Owen Wilson joining the cast and Sophia Martino. Check your local listings again. It's three in the morning for me, but we will be doing a spoiler Loki show. Moving on to games. Sick. Ninja Guided Master Collection. Oh, Team Ninja, thank you so much. We get Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, 3, maybe even some versions of other Ninja Gaiden games. But Ryu Hayabusa, the Dragon Warrior, takes the Dragon Sword and kills dragons, demons, ninjas, and uh, sometimes just unfortunate people. I love Ninja Gaiden third-person RPG action game. Hell, we might even play it on this channel. No promises. They're very long, very difficult, and I spent my youth trying to beat Grandmaster. Not gonna do it again. <laughs> Guilty Gear Strive. A 2D fighter. Much like Fighter Z, um, it's a badass game. If fighting games aren't your cup of tea, don't go play it. If anime characters aren't your cup of tea, don't go play it. Quarter Circle Z combos, dashes. And, 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 I'm not the greatest fighting game player, but you wanna you wanna go? We throw hands, especially on the gaming. So uh, moving on to our deep dive. And thank you for everybody who is at the end of the show. This here right here is called The Deep End. It is where we take the topic at the top of the show, bring it to the bottom, and we swim to the abyss with it, going as far with the information of these characters and these facts as we can. So this week is Loki! If you didn't already know, you know now, and I'm sure you knew before. So Loki... Oh, heck yeah. Where to begin on the God of Mischief? I'll tell you right now. Loki's first appearance was in an iteration of Venus number six. Came out August 1949. The modern day iteration of Loki. Came out in Journey into Mystery number 85, October 1962. When Loki first appeared, he was part of a team called the Olympian Gods, where in the underworld, he took on the form of a literal devil. Written by Stan Lee and Larry Lieber, he was remodernized as the Loki we know today with the green and the yellow and the ponytail and the hating of Thor entirely as an arch nemesis by Jack Kirby. Jack, thank you for everything you do, my guy. Odin's father, Bor, cursed Odin with the prophesized custody of Loki as punishment for leaving Bor trapped after a war with the Frost Giants. Lofi, leader of the Ice Giants and captor of Loki, was slain by Odin, and out of guilt his father and the words ringing in his head, Odin took on a small child. From within the slain's, slain king's icy fortress, the baby being Loki. 
Loki has been involved with the Defenders, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, the X-Men, and the Avengers on top of the Olympian gods, eventually leading to the death of Loki, where he later convinces Scarlet Witch's son, Wiccan, that we saw in WandaVision in a much younger form calling out for help. It's a little coincidental, don't you think? So, uh, let's... We're gonna take a little freeze here. It's a little weird. It's a little weird that, uh... It's a, it's a little weird that Wiccan's introduced. There's no X-Men in Madripoor and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm riffing off the top of the head on this one, guys. It's a little weird that the X-Men in one of their arcs have a home base called Madripoor. It's weird that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Madripoor makes an appearance. It's weird that Wiccan gets brought to life with no Magneto in a House of M nodding series. Obviously, right? It was House of M. I mean, the, it, it, go read House of M. It is that comic arc. So where's Magneto? Where's Mephisto? And why, through these seven episodes, do they lead us to a basement that they never use? What was this basement used for? What was Agatha using this basement for? It kind of reeks of Mephisto. And I don't smell the X-Men anywhere. I'm just saying. If Loki series is coming out tonight, I really hope Wiccan... Maybe the voice you hear at the end of WandaVision makes an appearance at the end of Loki, but it's going to give us, we're going to go through a journey to get to that ending with Loki to maybe earn that. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a lot more grounded in the war, like the earth, right? The world. But as the MCU proper expands their grander universe, we're going to need people to play into that, help us usher into that. And we're going to deep dive a little further with Loki because we might find out how that might be. Loki has also died but he's also become deathless erasing his name from the records of hell by cutting a deal with every iteration of death where he is dead the avenger wiccan resurrects the god of mischief himself in the body of a child thus becoming kid loki during the young avengers arc shifting between genders loki has been canonized as bisexual and gender fluid morphing into the gender of his choosing happy pride month Loki's brother and one of Earth's mightiest heroes, Thor, being bigger than Loki in strength and ideal, caused the bastard son to resent his thunder blasting half-brother and leading to a life of mischief and usurping attempts as the throne was to be stowed to Thor over Loki. So Loki became very resentful of the kings. He became resentful of Thor. Loki learned how to trick people gaining a reputation as the god of mischief, even freeing giants from their prison, causing leafs to fall into the eyes of Heimdall, causing the guardian of the Bifrost to shed a tear. The tears of Heimdall are legendary according to lore. Loki has gone as far as to attack Jane Foster, later becoming Thor herself. Loki's henchman is the Crusher. Uh, he later becomes the Absorbing Man, where the Absorbing Man and Loki attack Asgard, releasing three monsters, three demons of legend, not just monsters. You saw Surtur in Thor Ragnarok, so imagine two more giants just like that, a Storm Surtur, almost. Uh, Loki was foiled by Thor in that comic arc, and the Absorbing Man and Loki were exiled to space by Odin. Loki's constantly manipulating Marvel teams against each other to always try and disprove their family trust. He's messed with the likes of the X-Men, allowing Rogue to feel again. He's tricked Juggernaut into fighting Thor. He's made it impossible for Iceman to touch anyone without ending their life. 
he even became indirectly responsible for making Storm, Aurora, the goddess of thunder, wielding Mjolnir. Storm wielding Mjolnir is one of the most badass things I've ever heard. The only person that Loki seems to not entirely despise, as his many features in different Spider-Man cartoons and Spider-Man comics, is Spider-Man, claiming that he owes Spider-Man a debt of gratitude. Loki's powers range from anything within the class of sorcery, because above all else, he is a sorcerer first. He's proficient in the use of Asgardian magic, being compared to the genius-level intellect of other geniuses in the Marvel Universe, even creating a machine that can allow Iceman amplifications of his power. He's got, he's got extensive training in the art of magic. He can even manipulate magical forces for a variety of purposes. He can create energy projections, astral projections in Doctor Strange's many different realms, and, and Wanda, as she was seen at the end of WandaVision doing. He can create astral projections. He can create force fields temporarily. He can increase his own physical capabilities through the art of magic and granting him the ability to inanimate objects, flight, uh, hypnosis, you name it, this man is Merlin, and especially he can teleport. But above all else, the man can influence you. He can become a shapeshifter, he's devious. His powers, I would also say, coincide with his intellect, because at his core, Loki is a usurper. He can, he, since dying, um, from resurrection, Loki's powers were limited in the art of shapeshifting, he can only turn into anything as long as it's himself. He can become Kid Loki, he can become She-Loki, Loki, They-Loki, Any-Loki, Where-Loki, as long as it's Loki. He can't shapeshift into a coffee table anymore, you guys, just Loki. He can even at some point through the amplification of his powers, shuffle space and time himself, unfolding Marvel events in his favor. Uh, Loki has become deathless as we mentioned before, erasing his name from the records of hell. But the way you would defeat Loki would be something like, oh, I don't know, Loki killing Steve Rogers, Captain America pissing off Thor so badly in one comic arc, he throws Mjolnir at Loki, shunning him to Purgatory, where the Hulk takes on the personal responsibility of guarding Loki in Purgatory, considering he can't die, you have to take on the Hulk for the rest of life, for the rest of Purgatory. It's terrible. It's utterly terrible. Loki has a daughter named Silene who swore vengeance on the Avengers for the supposed death of her father, but he's just getting pulped by the Incredible Hulk. Like Marvel likes to do, we get a story arc where Loki confronts himself at the end of the Secret War. He uh, gets to see what future Loki has done, what, ha what he has accomplished, and he murdered Ego the Living Planet, Peter Quill's father. After murdering Ego the Living Planet, he just vowed to go kill Thor himself. And, I mean, after that, I'm pretty sure he could do it, and he does. He kills King Thor, stealing the throne for himself, and then meeting the same fate, Loki gets stabbed. He dies. Spoiler alert. You know, this whole show is a spoiler alert. I'll start saying that at the top of the show. <laughs> he, uh, finds out about his fate, and he does things a little differently in the Marvel proper now. He's in search of the, the Necro Sword All Black, which is the symbiote sword. Belonging to, if I believe... Null, the king of the symbiotes. He's so mischievous. And he's going to be played by Tom Hiddleston appearing tonight. 
Tom Hiddleston's Loki has appeared in movies starting from Thor in 2011, The Avengers in 2012, The Dark World in 2013, Ragnarok in 2017, Infinity War 2018, and Endgame 2019. Now your boy makes an appear uh, reappearance on the silver screen, on the streaming screen. I don't know what color that screen is. Let's just say for Pride Month, it's every last color because I'm a streaming guy myself. I'm not going to a theater right now. I'll go to a theater next month. Maybe. I'll give I'll give people some time because I got to be there for Black Widow. I want to see what happens like with the uh, reactions of Endgame. My God. I watched a YouTube video the other day on that and it was bananas. I physically had to stop myself from crying. I was choking back tears listening to the uproar when Sam Wilson comes back back from the dead and tell Steve Rogers on your left and it's the only thing a hopeless captain can do especially after they already had me in the pocket by watching Mjolnir float that audience reaction was utterly bananas but anyway my comic recommendation for the end of this deep end deep dive is trial of Loki Loki gets to face everything he's done in the Marvel universe maybe everything and you know things yet to come We'll see maybe in Loki how these events turn around and what he has for him moving forward. Thank you for joining me on the Loki deep dive in the segment, The Deep End. Considering it is the end of the show, we're going to get out of here. We did it high and tight again. Uh, support your local comic shops. Comicshoplocator.com. Localcomic.shop. Okay. It's been a beautiful show. Thank you for joining me as I ramble on about the things of tomorrow, true believers. The things that we can read together, join together around, and celebrate in the form of the written word, things that can be immortal if we let them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times. And it's your boy Fatal. I'll see you in a little bit for the gaming that we have going on all night long, baby! Later, guys.